This is how we do it. <laughs> this is this is Sunday. This is how we do it. Got Montel Jordan here. <laughs> I just looked up who actually sung that song. It's Montel Jordan. All right, I don't know who really? yeah, yeah, Montel Jordan. That's what Who's it Montel says. Jordan? I don't know that name. It's uh, this guy. Hang on. Let's oh, yeah. go. I'll just show it. I'll just show it on YouTube to everyone else. You guys, <laughs> just entertain yourselves. Oh wow! No, it's an ad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome everybody to <laughs> Sunday. It's excellent to have you along with us. It's Sorrowville Church on a Sunday, as I said, and I am joined by Joy. How are you, Joy? Good, thanks, mate. How excellent. You and I'm joined by Fee. How are you, Fee? I'm well, thanks too. Thanks, Joel. Excellent. Um, now uh, you've been talking about a bit of wildlife before oh. we started. Do you want to fill us in? Whales first, and then what is it? Bees. Yeah, so um, I've got, um, well, I, I, some people may have heard on the news this week, there's a massive pod of whales that's been coming down the coast, and sorry, people are very excited about it, um, and uh, there was some footage that one of the tour people took, but obviously they can't take people out on the tours at the moment, so they were saying that they hoped that this phenomenon was still taking place, but it's something to do with um, some changes in um, the, the food that's available for them and stuff. So it's not necessarily a good reason for it, but there's right. like about 100 whales all together and they showed them feeding and it was really interesting because they sort of, they all work as a team. They go under and they stir up all the fish or the krill or you know, whatever these particular ones are doing and they come up and they sort of go sideways and they scoop it all along and it, it was really cool footage that they had of these whales. I suppose there were so many of them that they got, you know, really great footage. If there's only one, you might miss it, but... Yeah, so that was pretty cool. This is like a National Geographic. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought how whales ate. Like, yeah, well, these, they, they went sideways. I thought they just sort of scoop along, but yeah. they went sideways and sort of it was, it was very cool. They well, can't open their mouth wide, I mean. Yeah. There you go. That's and my first wildlife. Yes, first wildlife. Second wildlife. Second wildlife is my shirt. Somebody commented on my shirt. It's got a blue banded bee on it, which is a native Australian bee. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason I love this shirt is because when we moved um, from Cronulla to Woolaware and... Um, we have a little backyard. We were in a unit in Cronulla, so it was the first time we'd had a little backyard and it had all been sort of changed up so there you know, wasn't a lot of wildlife around. It's only a little backyard. Um, but um, in the very early sort of week or so after we got there, um, I noticed a little bee in the yard, like near a – we've got a um, – I think it's a mountain ash? Anyway, a little, a little tree there. Um, no, a blueberry ash. A blueberry ash tree, which apparently attracts the native little guys. Um, and it was just this bee and it was sort of – moving strangely it wasn't what I expected so I went and had a look and it was this little guy and I looked him up and he's a blue banded bee and he's got these bright blue little stripes on him if you google them they're, they're absolutely beautiful they're tiny and they sort of hover really differently sort of almost like a hummingbird hmm. so then a couple of weeks later this this is a um, brand called Ryder R-Y-D-E-R anyway they're Melbourne mob and I've got a big blue quilted jacket that I've had for years that I got from them when I was down in Melbourne once and I saw that they had this shirt and I'm like oh I need a blue banded bee shirt so <laughs> it makes me feel happy because it's my first little wildlife experience in our little house and we want to have you know native plants so that the birds and the bees and the things can come so yeah well that's cool that's my story Guys, put your favourite uh, animal in the chat, if you like, because Fee's just told us about two of two of interesting animals, and that was really it's cool. insect, isn't it? A bee is an insect. Oh, is it an insect? Is that still an animal, but? I don't know. We can say yes. Yeah, we'll say yes. Animals of all variety. Yes. <laughs> animals of all variety, uh, people of all variety in God's family, and uh, we're going to have a song now to celebrate that. So let's do that.
Welcome back, everyone. It is great to be here with Fee again. Hi. Hey, Fee. <laughs> and with Lionel. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Fee. Hi, Tim. Hi, How Lionel. are you doing, Lionel? <laughs> great. How are you? 
I am doing really, really well, thank you. Hey, <laughs> we. This is our last week, our Hello. last gathering on the Book of Hebrews. Oh, I yeah. No, no, no. We'll be back next week with a brand new series. But as uh, we've been in Hebrews now for a number of weeks, um, a very long time, (laughs) we've talked about lots of different things. I thought it might be cool, Lionel, for you to reflect on what are some of the cool things that you remember that we've talked about over the last few weeks? Lego. We have talked about Lego. Yep. All the bits with me. All the bits with you. I, there are a lot of people who love the bits with you, which is very me exciting. Too. You love the bits with you as well. Yep, yep that's really good. Um, anything, is that what you meant? Well, no, that is what I went. Yeah, I wanted to know the bits that you remember. Um, can you remember any of the connections that we made between those things and what we've learned about the book of Hebrews? Oh, that's a good question. I remember that it's good to follow God's instructions, like following Lego instructions. Ah, awesome. Yes. You taught me that one, Tim. Yeah, we did talk about that one, didn't we? Yep. And you made the giraffe. Yep. Yeah, it was a little bit like a bumblebee. Yep. <laughs> Creative still. <laughs> Creative still, but not quite the space uh, flight thing, shuttle. No, not that one. <laughs> uh, what about you, Fee? Has there been a favourite part of Hebrews that you've enjoyed or something that you particularly remember from the last however many weeks we've done this? Well, Lionel loves cleaning. Yep. And as we've oh been talking God. about on the weekends, <laughs> as we've been talking about cleaning a lot, like the whole idea of um, of Jesus being that perfect sacrifice and washing us clean and everything has been like a big part of, of, of Hebrews and like that was sort of going back a few weeks, the mm. early parts, and I really enjoyed being reminded of that. And every time Lionel talks about cleaning, it reminds me, yes, Jesus is the one who, yes, Jesus is better. Um, that's our big, our big theme. But also alongside that, Jesus washes our sins away and he makes us clean. And, and he's the perfect sacrifice. We don't need to do those old sacrifices that they had to do to make themselves clean in the past because we've got Jesus. So that's been really cool. And not just on the weekend. No, all the time. Jesus the cleans time. us all the time, Lionel. That's right. <laughs> like your mum wants you to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there has been a lot of really good things that we've discussed and uh, we're about to go to our Bible reading and I want you to be listening out for um, some of my favourite verses that oh, are coming up. Yeah. Well, I'm going to read them here from uh, my CEV, uh, which is the one we use in our kids' ministry a lot of the time. Um, so they might sound a little bit different in the reading coming up, but this is the idea. Two promises from the Old Testament. Remember, there's been lots of things about the Old Testament that we've been looked at in Hebrews. We've talked about Moses, uh, <laughs> angels. Um, what else? Melchizedek. Um, you dressed up as a priest. Oh, that was yep. cool. Enoch. Yep. <laughs> All sorts of really cool things. Um, here are two promises from the Old Testament that we see in Hebrews 13. And these are my, two of my favourite verses in the whole book. Um, the writer tells us, uh, I need to find the verse now. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, the Lord has promised that he will not leave us or desert us. He won't leave us alone. That's pretty cool. That's the first one. The second promise is that's going to make us say, the Lord helps me. How good is that? The Lord helps me. Why should I be afraid of what people can do to me? It's so awesome to remember that God is with us. And because God is with us, we don't need to be fearful. We don't need to be a fearful people. We can be a joyful people. Um, and so I've had a lot of joy with you, Lionel, over the last few weeks. Me too. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we're going to keep having some fun from next week as we dig into the book of 1 John. 
That's I got a joke. Yeah. Knock knock. Who's there? Enoch. <laughs> en- <laughs> Enoch who? Dunno, he's gone. <laughs> Up there. <laughs> he has. He has absolutely. Hey, um, thanks for joining us. We are going to head to the Bible reading now. So if you have a Bible either on your phone or an analog version like this, open it up to Hebrews 13 and we're going to read right now. Today's reading is from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 to 18. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honoured by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so... Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honourably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. 
Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's great to have Vanessa read the Bible for us. So thank you very much, Vanessa. We appreciate it. I am joined again on the panel by Jai and Fee. And Jai, uh, we are, have reached the final installment of our Hebrew series. Do you want to let us know what we're, what we're doing today and we can have a chat about it? Yes, yeah. so we're, we're finishing off our series. We're in chapter 13. It's quite a big, like there's a lot in it. Um, I think I said last night that you could almost do 12 sermons just on chapter 13, <laughs> which we're not going to do in one go. But uh, it'll basically today we'll just do a bit of a flyover. Um, but I, I, thought I'd, I, I thought it'd be interesting as we think about or as we finish our series, what have you guys got out of Hebrews oh, so far? Well, yeah. Sorry, go, go, please go ahead, Fee. Yeah, I've really enjoyed um, the things that we've done, particularly like bouncing off the sermons in our community group. And I get to go um, in um, with Joel in community group, which is cool, <laughs> and Karen and a whole bunch of others, which we, um, when we meet. Um, I think it's been really nice seeing people interacting with how the chapters link together. And that's been a really lovely part of this sermon series. Sometimes mm. we do a sermon series and it's a shorter book and obviously it's sort of like here's the arc. But Hebrews is quite long, mm. but it does have this beautiful connection all the way through. And as people have been sort of talking about it and, and, uh, and connecting the different parts together, I found yeah. that really, really helpful. And also, obviously, the connections back to the Old Testament. You know, I'm very privileged to have had a chance to go to Bible college and have some of those Old Testament ideas, you know, enforced when I was a bit younger. But, mm. um, but a lot of people haven't had that. And I know whenever we do something in the Old Testament, there's that wrestling. But doing Hebrews has sort of been, I don't know, wrestling light can I call it that like we're wrestling with it but we've also got the stuff in Hebrews which is from you know the post Jesus perspective as well so it makes it a little bit easier I think for us to talk about and it's not just sort of like oh you know here's the Old Testament and and if you knew this context and you knew this you'd know what it meant but there's more of a chance for people to engage with it really organically so Mm. I've really Mm. enjoyed that yeah cool that's awesome yeah I've I've, um, really enjoyed doing my own studies with it and then backing up with a the, ser- uh, the sermons and then also then backing that up with the <laughs> what we talk about in community group. Um, but I think you already said it, Fee, that the links back to the Old Testament is something that I probably haven't been as aware of until we've done this series. And it's actually really good because we have done, we've done two Old Testament series recently as well in Isaiah and Daniel. Mm. And to get a perspective to go back, I'm, like I'm really inspired to go back into the Old Testament after we finish Hebrews. Like I'm just really excited about that. I know that we're about to start one, John. So that's that's yeah. that's the other option. But we can. I, I just think to see um, Hebrews helped helped me see uh, a much clearer picture of God's holistic plan, um, which is just really exciting. And on top of that, um, just trying to because I'm doing a lot of home learning with the, my my children at home. Um, we're reading the Bible there as well. So we're reading Old Testament stories mm. at the same time. So what I'm learning through Hebrews, I'm learning about the Old Testament, but I can also talk about the Old Testament in a more helpful way with my kids as well, which has been, um, all of that working together has been really exciting and really awesome. So um, I don't know, what, what have we got in Hebrews 13 that we're going to chat about? You're doing a flyover. Do you want to tell yeah, us what yeah, we've got? Yeah, we'll do a flyover. It's actually, um, it's interesting what both of you uh, have been saying about the connections between each of the, each of the chapters because... You know, we've been looking the last two weeks at 11 and 12, chapter 11 and 12, mm. and both of those uh, give us examples and encouragement of faith. And then we get to 13, and it's almost like, well, then here is how you live it out. This is how you put your faith into action, I guess. So how do you live out your faith? And so, as I said, we could spend 12 weeks going through each and every one of these uh, aspects, probably even more. Uh, we'll do a bit of a flyover today and touch on a few of them, uh, but that's what, we, that's what we're going to do. 
Yeah. So uh, I might pray. Um, and we'll jump into God's word. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask these guys some questions along the way, just to uh, spice it up a little bit. So <laughs> let me just so we don't lose concentration. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me pray. Uh, dear gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your word. Father, we thank you for our series of Hebrews. And Father, we pray that as we uh, conclude here now, uh, this day, we Father, we ask that you would uh, that you help us to recall what we've learnt. Uh, and help us to uh, think and think practically on how we might put our faith into action each day. And Father, we pray that you be with us uh, now as I speak. Pray, be with me, speak through me. Uh, and Father, we just, uh, we just pray for your, your love and your mercy during this time. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's have a look. Let's, uh, you've got your Bibles there, uh, whether it's your phone, or you're, or you're going old school with a, you know, Hardcover Bible, softcover, whatever Bible. Um, let's have a look at uh, chapter 13 together. Now, as I said, we, we've got this encouragement to be uh, people of faith, to put our faith, our trust in Jesus. The question of 13 is then how do we live that out? How's, what does our faith look like uh, lived out? And the first thing we see is uh, in the first three verses is the commandment to love others in the church and outside the church. That's how verse 1 starts. Have a look there. Verse 1 says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. So it's something they're already doing and the writer of Hebrews is saying, keep doing it. Keep loving one another. Keep, keep this uh, active and personal love going. It's not a stagnant love. It's not a love that sits on the sideline, but it's a, a love that stands up, gets up, gets involved and is personal and active. In fact, it, it's something that Jesus commands of us himself in uh, in john 13 uh, verse 35 he says this by this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another see this love that we have for one another actually bears this great witness to the world of the the change or the difference that jesus makes we say here at sorry Bible church jesus changes everything if we love one another we demonstrate that we demonstrate that change that difference that he's made in our lives our community, if we love one another, will be a community where we don't just talk about loving one another, but we actually do it. And we do it even when we disagree with each other, which is totally fine. We can disagree with each other. But what it, what, when we disagree, it's actually how, how do we love one another when we disagree? And I really dislike Facebook because a lot of people, I like Facebook because there's a lot of funny things on there and good to stay in contact, not ragging on Facebook. But there are a lot of times where we, People will post an opinion and someone will have a different opinion and it turns into a shouting match. There's actually not a lot of love that goes on. These are conversations that we, we need to be practising with one another uh, in church, when we're face-to-face or on the phone or wherever it might be. But more than that, we find here too that this love is not just a love that is inward focusing. When I mean inward, I mean like uh, those in the church, but it, it also looks to those outside the church. We see that, that, it, that there's an extension of that love for one another to the strangers, to the travellers, to the prisoners, to those who are suffering. This just really kind of extends that commandment uh, that, that Jesus articulated so well in Matthew 22:39, where we are to love our neighbours as ourselves. That is looking for the good, looking for good for others as we look for good for ourselves. Like we all want good things for ourselves. We want ourselves to be looked after and cared for and we want those same things for other people. It's a, a love that flows out of, uh, of 
the love that Jesus has for us. It's a radical type of love that we are to have for others, where we are ready to care for others and to actually demonstrate uh, the, the gospel change that has happened in our hearts because of Jesus. That our, our homes and our churches will actually be marked by hospitality. They'll be marked by grace and an openness to everyone. That there will be this, uh, this sweet aroma of the attractiveness of the gospel as we love others. I, um, I had the, the privilege of why we were down in now having someone on our team down there who actually worked in prison ministry. And uh, prison ministry is very different from what it was back in sort of first century uh, sort of uh, Christian faith because back then when this letter was written, we, uh, we actually know that uh, what people got in prison was far less. So they didn't get meals and blankets and clothing and, and the, sort of the essentials. People actually had to bring them in from the outside. And we're actually told in chapter 10 verse uh, 34 that the people of the, that... Um, the letter of Hebrews was written to, were already doing this. They were already actively involved in loving and caring for those in prison because often, uh, more often than not, most of them uh, would actually end up there themselves because there was great persecution for the Christian faith. And so there were many Christians in jail. And as they loved and served them, I have no doubt that they would have loved and served the others also in jail at the same time. And so there's this beautiful, one, uh, beautiful ministry that happened then. And as I said, this, uh, one of these guys on our team uh, spoke about how uh, during his sort of prison chaplaincy, the, the great change that he saw in people's lives because of Jesus. And the first, it's almost like the first time they were told that they were dearly loved. Some of these people never thought they would be loved by anybody. But when they heard what Jesus had done for them and how much he loved them, it just broke down so many barriers. In fact, it broke so many people down to tears and there was such a radical change in their lives. This love for one another is to, to flow out of our hearts, out of our churches and into the streets. And not only those in prison, but those who are in distress, because this is what we find at the end of verse 3 here. That we are to... Um, to practice this love for others as if you were together with them in prison and those who are ministered those who are ministered as if you yourselves were suffering so there's this idea of the way we love those who are being mistreated is that we be a voice for them that we stand for them we we help them and and do what we can and that can vary from time to time place to place generation to generation all those things but there is this outward focus of our love. And I dare say too that if we are not practicing love in loving one another in our church, we will find it hard to love others outside the church. Now it's just a, a, an assumption, no facts on that, uh, but it's just a general observation. Um, but on, on that thought of, of how we can love those in our church and outside our church, I said I wanted to throw to these guys because these guys are very wise and have been doing ministry for a long time. Um, I, I just wonder what you guys, uh, for your moment, start with you. You got an example of uh, love, uh, the way you, whether you or church or people have loved those inside the church or outside the church that, that might be nice to share? Sure. Um think um, that one of the things that we're um, 
really committed to at Soul Revival is making sure that we have real relationships and that's why we focus on meals together and it's one of the reasons it's so hard at the moment that mm. that's an aspect of our ministry that we aren't able to do. Um, but I think that that idea of sharing your life um, is really, really important and I think over the years um, as people have come into our community, uh, I love that people will come and they can just sit and they can you know, have a meal and people will, will chat with them and there's that lovely way of inviting people in and um, yeah and so I suppose that idea of just having a conversation and just having people in it who may or may not know everybody there I think that's a really loving thing mm. that I really appreciate and I suppose going back to the years when I went to a church that didn't have a meal after church and generally it was, you know, church would finish and everybody would be standing around and jumping over pews and, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, I think I observed back then that there were times when people would be in a conversation, be a really closed conversation and somebody else might come up and try and break in and, and they weren't able to. And I remember somebody commenting to me once and I remember it because it really encouraged me that somebody joined a conversation and I just turned around and said oh we're talking about x y and z and then we just continued and afterwards they said thanks for doing that because like I you know it was it was sort of awkward and mm. I said oh I didn't even think about it but but that really reinforced to me how important that is like if somebody just comes up and you know obviously there's private conversations but we shouldn't generally be having them in a big public forum anyway but you know if somebody comes up just to help them to to join the conversation and show them that you know, they might not know the person we're talking about or the situation that somebody's sharing, mm. but they can be there and be included. I think that's a really loving thing that we mm. we can do and, and our, our meals and our extended time together helps us to do that at Saravabal. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks, V. Um, that was a really cool example. Thanks, V. Um, the one that I was thinking of um, was Week Away. Mm. Um, uh, Sharing it from a personal context, that was when that was week away, two thousand four, a long time ago, <laughs> was actually when I made a real commitment to Jesus, or just after that, um, and I think it was because so many people showed me love mm. to being myself there. So that was really cool. But I think also expanding that to a wider context in our church, I think that um, it's a really vital part of our church and how people establish relationships. Exactly what you were talking about, Fee. And I think that's something that's been really sad that we haven't been able to have Week Away in the last two years. Um, uh, a, another personal story from Week Away was that I remember that we, uh, the last Week Away we were on, I sat down with uh, quite a lot of people, all different ages from me, mostly older, which is cool. Um, and we sat there and spoke. We literally sat there after lunch. We had lunch together and then we sat there for four hours just talking about every, every, everything <laughs> under the sun and it was really cool. Yeah. Um, I know that the cousins would, were a part of that conversation, so hi to those guys. I really appreciated that. Um, and also the Baileys and, like it was, and some other people. And it was, just, um, uh, it, was just, it was just really, really cool. And I think that's uh, it's a really important part of our church because people start to really understand what we're doing as a church, I think, when we have week away. And I mm. think that having five days together to establish those relationships is really cool. On the flip side of an outside thing, again, from a personal context, so I f forgive me for the self-indulgence, but um, at the end of 2004, similar year, I, um, Karen, who wasn't my wife then but is my wife now, we went away with my family overseas and we, w we went to the airport and at least 10 of my friends from church turned up to say goodbye to me and I shared that story at work a few months ago and they were like I wouldn't even go and pick you up <laughs> <laughs> so, like they just were like I, I'd never not even do that for my closest friend that's yeah. what they're saying and I'm like I had 
because they're sharing the love of Jesus through what we experienced a week away and then also like coming out of it, they're doing things that you don't normally do. Mm. And um, to anyone who's watching now, I really love you guys for that did that because, and they actually welcomed us home too. So we came home six weeks later and they, they made sure they, they missed us at the airport because we came out of the airport to it and then came back to my house to, to say, like, and, and I tell these people at work and they're like, this is ridiculous. And then they spent the whole day making fun of me. They're like, oh, I'm not going to the airport for Joel. <laughs> and I was like, okay, man. Wow. But that's the difference that Jesus makes, I think. Yeah, yeah. And probably where you're heading towards, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was also, you know, we, we take for granted in our church sometimes that, or we find a little bit laborious maybe even, that when, uh, when someone in our church has a baby, we have a meal roster. And sometimes it's really hard to get people to go on that roster because it's just, you know, oh, another baby. You know. um, and it's a, it's a joy when we celebrate the birth of children and, and we get to support our families. Uh, my wife, uh, Christine, actually took a meal around to uh, someone, uh, a colleague of hers who doesn't go to church because she ended up in hospital and her husband uh, was looking after this newborn baby and it was just super stressful. Mm. And she made, you know, as my wife always does, which I <laughs> love dearly, enough food for a week, really. <laughs> it was so much food. And took it around to, um, to, her, uh, to her husband and her husband broke down in tears over the generosity that he was shown by someone that he'd never met before. Um, and it's one of those things where we practice it with our church family and then we can then extend that out further. Um, and there are lots of other stories and these you know, might seem real trivial and there might be more deeper, harder ones that we can do, we talk about. But I guess the, the fact is that when we, we're to practice loving each other so we can take that love out. Mm. Um, and... That, that also, uh, you know, we, we've talked about those uh, members within our church, those we, we do church with, we talked about those outside the church. And the last one, and I said this last night because I almost didn't include it because I've been waiting for someone else for about 12 <laughs> years to talk on this, on this passage, and I've never heard anyone actually preach on Hebrews 13 and in particular on this section. Um, I've always been hoping that some, that a, that a, a lay preacher would preach on it and actually go, guys, look, we need to look at verses 7 and 17 <laughs> and no one has and I was going to leave it out because I, I remember being told early on in ministry and have been told a number of times since then that ministers shouldn't whinge and complain, they should just get on and do the job. Um, and that is verse 7 and uh, 17 uh, are talking about how we respond to those pastors and church leaders. And... I really have to say, in all honesty, uh, I'm kind of shaking because I don't really want to talk about it because I don't like talking. I feel like I'm talking about myself. and I, So I'm actually going to do what I did last night and I'm going to deflect, as I think Joel <laughs> mentioned last night, and actually talk about our other pastors and so exclude me out of this. Um, and that is, and I don't really want to spend a lot of time on it. I feel like I'm doing too much already. Um, that is that the uh, pastors of church, church leaders have this... W- weight of responsibility for uh, those at our church. We're told here that they are to watch over the flock and that they, uh, that they will have to uh, give an account for their leadership and their care of the flock uh, when they stand before God. That is a great and heavy uh, burden that many pastors carry. Um, and I know sometimes it keeps them up at night and causes horrible sleep and all those sorts of things. And I'm not saying this to, I'll go, oh, you know, how bad are the the pastors got? Not at all. We love our job. Pastors love doing what they do. But it's very interesting that in any other 
work context or uh, if we did any other task, if we didn't get a compliment, we would kick up a fuss. Uh, yet when it comes to being a church leader or a pastor, I've noticed that if they lead a Bible study, a, a meeting, a planning day, a sermon, a service, whatever it might be, if you ask them how many times they've been encouraged or criticised for what they've done, I would have a fair guess that criticism would be far higher. Um, in fact, I do remember a, um, a minister once telling me that if you don't hear anything about what you've done, take that as a compliment. Oh. And that is really sad to think because there's no way that we would continue in our work, this, you know, the job that you do, if you never received criticism, you would grumble and you would hate what you do. But here it says that we've got to do all we can to make... Uh, those who are pastors and leaders of our church to make their ministry a joy, not a burden. Because if we do, the writer of Hebrews here says that there are two things that will happen. One is the leader will be overburdened. So they're already carrying a great burden. They'll be overburdened. And actually, in fact, it, it leads to burnout. There is such a high rate of pastors burning out. It's ridiculous. And the second thing is it also says that undoes all the good effect that pastoral care can do it undoes all the good that pastors do for those who are grumbling and those who are make up the rest of the church there's actually no advantage to anybody if that happens if we hinder the pastors now i want to make this really really clear too this this is not talking about um just kind kind of uh like blind loyalty just going with it what no matter what um because the, no pastor is perfect. Uh, they, pastors are not always right. But we do also need to remember that through, uh, through them, God can bless both us and our church if we make up our mind to help rather than resist. Now, I'm not saying we can't give criticism and, and helpful feedback. I'm not saying that all. That is really good. We need that sort of stuff to be able to get better and to improve. But sometimes there is criticism for the sake of criticism. Um, and not only that, I also, you know, I want us to encourage to follow our leaders, but not to follow them if if there is if they are teaching false doctrine, if they are doing things that are illegal, if they're doing things that are immoral. Um, you know, don't don't follow them. And if you feel like this church is doing something that you disagree with, there are lots of wonderful churches around in the Shire would dearly love to be blessed by you. If you love our direction and the way we're going, you may not always agree with it, and that's fine. But you want to be on board with it, that's awesome too, because we love having you here because you are a blessing as well. I want to encourage us uh, as much as we can uh, in good conscience to follow our pastors and maybe even encourage them and pray for them. That would be a wonderful thing. To be no, anyone loves to be known that they're being prayed for. Uh, our pastors are no different. I'm sorry, I'll just move on from that. I really, yeah, it's kind of feel like I need a shower after it's that or something. <laughs> that's, uh, that's tough to preach from. Yeah, yeah, and as I said, I've been waiting for 12 years for someone else to do this, and I seriously almost chickened out from doing it. Um, I did it last night, I almost didn't do it today. You're preaching the word, man. Thank no, you. no, thank you. Um, anyway. Uh, here we go uh, so here's the other thing um, if we are going to put our faith into action not only are we going to love those in our church our leaders and those outside the church we're also going to flee from sin 
And that's what we find in verses 4 to 6. And it's interesting that we have uh, immorality and covetedness kind of combined together because it's not the only point actually in throughout the Bible that we find this because the seventh and eighth commandment is about immorality and coveting. In fact, in the New Testament, uh, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, 1 Thessalonians and the like couple these two things together. And this is why I think this is the case. I think it's because sexual immorality and the lover of money seek satisfaction and gratification in the denial of God's goodness and provisions for us. I think both of them are rooted in, uh, in an unbelief in God's providence and give way to idolatry and worship of a false god. That's why I think the two are often connected like this. But there is this wonderful thing in these verses, verses 4 to 6. There's this awesome and glorious grounding for this command, I guess, to flee from sin. And here's where, and it combines two wonderful uh, Old Testament promises, one from Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, and the other from Psalm 118, verse 6. As I said, drawing from the Old Testament again, as Hebrews does, where it says this in verse uh, end of 5 and 6, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And then in verse 6 it says, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. Who, uh, what can mere mortals do to me? This is a wonderful thing because it encourages us and helps us see clearly that the pursuit of money and pleasure will actually never satisfy us. In fact, it will most likely abandon us. But we can run to the Lord who is our helper, who will never leave us nor forsake us. We will, all, we will find satisfaction and will not be abandoned. See, we, we may not be able to count on money and pleasure, but we can count on Jesus because he is with us and he helps us. And we can trust in his providence. And so the writer here gives us this encouragement or this, these glorious kind of uh, words of encouragement from the Old Testament to help us and encourage us to flee from sin. And I guess at this point I, I want to ask these guys again um, some things that they've found helpful to uh, in their lives to flee from sin. So, Fee, we'll start, you, first, start with you again. Let's go first. Um, things helpful in fleeing from sin. Yeah. It might be like uh, yeah. internet filters or I don't know. Oh, really yeah. Really, really sort of things. That wasn't what I was thinking of, but no, yes, no, that's, no, a, no. that's a good example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets me on the right track. Um, yeah, I think um, In a, and you've got, you've got to be careful about this, I think, but, um, but sharing it with a trusted person is often mm. really cool because you're actually like keeping yourself accountable. So I suppose it's a bit like a, like a, a real person internet filter, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I said accountability, really. Yeah, yeah. accountability. Um, I think that makes a big difference. And, um, and we had a really lovely conversation um, a couple of weeks ago at um, Saturday Late Night about rebuke and how that was hard. It was coming off one of the sermons. Mm. Um, and... Uh, we were sort of talking about that and one of the things that that got me thinking about is that well, actually one of the things we discussed at length was how there's not just the um, the challenge to rebuke in love but to be open to rebuke and accept rebuke in love because mm. one of the reasons I think we are fearful of rebuking one another is because we don't know if the person's going to get you know very offended and upset mm. um, and yeah there must be love on both sides um, that's yeah. so that sort of stuff I think um 
yeah, so um, I, I think if, yeah, if somebody ever rebukes you, being ready to be rebuked in love, I think that's mm. really helpful as well to help mm. us flee from sin, like not just go, oh, yeah, get stuffed, you know, yeah. what right have you got or, you know. And that, there's the take the log out of your eye idea as well. But y- y- if somebody's saying something to you, you've got to just go, well, what's what's going on, mm. you know, and, um, yeah, and I suppose being self-aware and, and another thing I think we've talked about is, was, I don't know if it was in community group or in one of the sermons, mm-hmm. but we talked about how um, you can be, something can be, you can be going along and going well in something and then, um, and then you can start to see a change. So perhaps like it's swearing coming back in or impatience mm. coming back in or something like that. Trying to be self-aware about that sort of stuff, I think, and not mm. just go, oh, you know, like not to look to outside reasons like, you know, oh, it's COVID, so I've, I'm cranky or, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, like just yeah. to, to try and actually be a bit more, you know, reflective of yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's super cool. Thanks, Ray. Joel? Yeah, um, something, I mean, I, I talked about it more last night on Saturday night as well, um, is that, Routine, I think, is really important. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed is that I used to pray in the car on the way home from work and I'm working from home. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. that's just completely taken it out of my life. Um, and sadly, like, my, my prayer life has suffered because of mm. that. Um, but I think there's also these other things that you can put in place to make sure, like these rhythms that you put in your life that you like, I, you start, I mean, church, for example. Go, when I don't mm. go to church for a few weeks, for whatever it is, may on holidays or anything like that, I I, ent- I start missing it. I'm like it's a it's an integral part of my life, and I think if we can find those other things like reading our Bible and praying, um, even just meditating on God's word, if you're able to make them a regular part of your life, even when it's hard, you like we're such creatures of habit that if we do end up building habit, and I did read today or yesterday that building a habit takes at least sixty six days to yeah. do. That if you like, I think, but I think there's this there's this interesting thing that God has built into us that when we practice consistency, we we really level up to give it a better word. Like we really, and if you're reading His Bible every single His Word every single day, mm. then you are definitely going to level up and be able to prevent those sins from happening. And I think like I've been able to implement that in my life quite regularly in the mornings. Mm. But I think also if you understand that when you are most likely to fall back into those sins that really dog you, and and it's all, it's different people in different times. But if you know when you're tired or when you're upset or when you're angry or, you know, all those kind of things and you go, and you know that that's when you fall back into the sin that you don't want actually, like it's been troubling you for a long time. You're like, I haven't done it for a while. Mm. And then you you do it again. You're like, why do I do it all the time? It's usually like those kind of things that are, because like the devil will prey on those weaknesses, mm. and then and you when you're in your weakest moments, unless you're seeking God, like you're gonna like Satan is just gonna take advantage of it. Mm. Um, so that's they're probably a couple of things that I I try to do. It doesn't mean again we're all sinful people, so we always struggle with that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think yeah, you're right. We, um, I think that there is this realignment that we that we need. Mm. And um, and it's actually what the, the writer of Hebrews here in verses 8 and 9 talks about, is if we're going to live out our faith, we need to make sure that we keep Jesus at the centre. We need to make sure that we're aligned with him, um, not him aligned with us, which sometimes we, we shift that. But it's, it's, we need to make sure that Jesus is at the centre of our lives. Because often one of the things when we get tired or we're in those weak moments or we're not being accountable to others, uh, not letting others speak into our lives, we start to turn inward, start to be a bit self-focused or self-centred instead of Jesus-centred. And so the writer of Hebrews really wants us to focus on being, uh, being 
Jesus-centered in the way that we live our lives. And here's why. He says, uh, the writer says that Jesus, our Savior, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And F.F. Bruce actually paints this really beautiful picture as he plays on this, uh, this verse a bit, where he says this. He says, Yesterday, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears under him who was able to save him from death. It picks up uh, from what we find in chapter uh, 5, verse 7. Uh, then he goes on and says, Today he represents his people in the presence of God, a high priest who is able to sympathize with their weakness because he was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. And again, picking up more on what we found in Hebrews already in chapter 4.15. Then when he talks about uh, forever, he says this, that Jesus, he forever, forever he lives this same Jesus, to make intercession for us. So this Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today and forever, does not need replacing, does not need changing, because he is at work today just as much as he was yesterday and what he will be tomorrow and into the future. He is with us always and will never forsake us. In fact, Calvin, uh, John Calvin captures it like this. He says, This then is a remarkable passage from which we learn that there is no other way of being truly wise than by fixing all our thoughts on Christ alone. That's beautiful, isn't it? Is that we are to have Jesus at the centre of our lives, to fix our, our thinking on him, to live in accordance with him, to remember that it is Christ alone that we are serving. When we love him, then that love will flow out into others. It's this beautiful picture that we have. And so this idea of responding to what Jesus has done for us uh, in these, uh, these verses from 10 to 16, which we'll finish up with, where we understand that as we respond to Jesus, we respond to the fact that Jesus has made the sacrifice of propitiation for us. And so therefore we are to make the sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving and service. And it's this wonderful thing we talk about um, you know, praying and going to church and, uh, and keeping accountable to each other. And it's funny, when we stop, when we stop praising God with our lips, we st- almost stop praising God with our minds too sometimes. And we're not constantly giving thanks to him in our prayers and in the way that we sing and the way we talk. It, it, it doesn't flow, that, that lack of praise then flows into our life with a lack of praise and thanksgiving. But if we are full of praise and thanksgiving, it's amazing how that then overflows into our lives and the way that we live. That we actually look for opportunities to praise God, to give thanks to him, to do good works for him, to share our life with those around us so that we may please the Lord. I think if we were to ask the, the author of Hebrews what uh, he had in mind in terms of good works and sharing life and all those sort of things, I think he would talk about verses 1 to 7, probably all of Hebrews 13, to be totally honest. It gives this really, uh, this really uh, neat summary of what it is to live out our faith, to, to live a life of sacrifice for God, to praise, to, to give thanks, but to do, to do good works and to serve those around us. It means it's not doing good and serving doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be hard. 
And when there are going to be times where we're going to wake up and go, I don't want to do that. But where the call here is if we are faithful people, we put our faith in Jesus, then from that faith we want to put that into action and that love and that service and that doing good for others is who we are and who we're meant to be. In fact, um, I want to finish uh, with this idea from John Piper because he gets the heart of this. Where he says, The point is that people who get their strength and wisdom from the altar of the cross, that is, from Jesus Christ, are people who live for others. They get up in the morning and they think about how they can do the, the most good for other people today. This is the sacrifice that they offer to the Lord day after day. That's a wonderful picture, isn't it? Waking up, wouldn't it be wonderful we wake up every morning thinking about what is the most good I can do for someone else today? And to do that every day, day after day, that'd be amazing. I'll tell you what, it'd make lockdown a lot different. Because I don't know about you, but I wake up each morning going, oh, Groundhog Day, here we go again. But if we're thinking about others, maybe it might change the way that we view each day. How can, I, how can I look for the most good in someone else with the time that I now have that I'm stuck at home? And I'm not going to work, I'm working from home, so I've got a little bit extra time. Maybe it's someone in your family, maybe it's your next door neighbour, maybe it's someone overseas, I don't know. But it'd be great for us to be thinking those things. And so as we finish up, uh, let me just say this. We are who we are because Jesus is who he is. We do what we do because Jesus has done what he has done. If Christ is in us, then Hebrews 13 will be lived out through us. Here is the key. If we want to uh, be a community of faith, people of faith, then we will live out what we find here in Hebrews 13 so that we may display the full glory of God, our great God. So I'm going to finish by praying uh, verses 20 and 21, which we didn't go into tonight, uh, today because, we've got, as I said, there's 12 sermons here and this would be one of them. Um, but I'm going to pray uh, as we finish up, so let me do that. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, May he equip you with every good for doing his will, everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be, glory, whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, Joy, for uh, wrapping up our Hebrew series and for um, preaching on some pretty difficult verses there. So. Uh, let me. Uh, I'd really like to acknowledge you for the sacrifice you've made for us as a church, and I've known you for a very long time, and since youth group. And I know I know that Fee would probably say the same thing. We we appreciate your service for Jesus. So we thank you very much for that, man. Um, that's going to wrap us up for our Hebrew series, guys. We are starting with one John next week, which is quite exciting. Mm. Uh, anyway, stay on, stay in, stay tuned. Sorry, got to get that out. Stay tuned, and we'll be back very soon.
to pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gracious love. We thank you that you are in control of all creation and yet you still also care for each of us. As we come to you, Father, and bring our concerns and our cares to you, we thank you that we can come as we are. For some of us that may mean we come with rejoicing. For others it may mean that we come heavy laden. We thank you that regardless of how ready we feel, we can confidently come and that you welcome us into your presence. Father, we thank you that you created us to be part of your family, nurtured and cared for by your loving arms, equipped with all good things through your Holy Spirit and part of a community of believers who also are focused on loving and building us up for your glory. We are humbled by your love 
and your provision in our lives and we are so thankful that you never grow weary of loving and leading us. We thank you that you provide all that we need in our daily lives and that as our good Father you want us to bring our requests to you. So Father we pray and thanks for all the people that you have brought into our community at Soul Revival. Lord as we reflect on all of them and we uh, move closer to the time when we'll be able to meet physically together again we pray for patience and wisdom and grace as we take the time to consider the needs of all the people in our community and we listen to the advice of our leaders, our political leaders, our health leaders and our church leaders. Please be with our pastors and leaders as they discuss and consider wise ways to move back to physical gatherings again. Lord, please help us to be a people of peace and sprinkle all our conversations with each other with grace. Father, we pray also for those in our community and those across the world who are dealing with the impact of COVID. Lord, we pray that you will intervene and bring an end to this disease. Lord, particularly for those who are vulnerable, our Indigenous partners in Bawarana, Dubbo and Northwestern New South Wales, please keep those vulnerable people in those communities safe. Please be with them and equip the leaders in those communities as they love and care for all of the people um, in, their, in their community. Lord, too, for those who are sick or struggling, please be with all of us as we manage the stress and the impact of this extended lockdown. And please also be with those who are suffering particular illnesses or recovering from um, illness or injury. Lord, please give each of those people the patience and the perseverance that they need as they deal with their recovery and their illness. Lord, in a time where there's so many uh, pressures on the way that we live and families and marriages are being put under huge strain, Father, we pray that you would help each of us uh, to love one another with the, the sort of love, the sacrificial love that we have been shown in Jesus. Lord, we pray that we can be a community who love and respect each other and can be examples of the type of relationships that you call us to have. We can be examples of the type of love that you've shown to us. Father, we also continue to pray for the terrible situation in Afghanistan. There's still an enormous humanitarian need for safe refuge for so many displaced people. Please intervene and open the hearts of nations around the world to respond with compassion. Father, as we wrap up this time of prayer, we want to thank you for the ways that you have spoken to us through the book of Hebrews. Thank you for the reminder to keep our eyes fixed on you. Thank you that in Jesus we have our perfect high priest, our shepherd, who is equipping us with everything good for doing your will. And we pray all of these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to have you here as we finish up with a Sunday gathering. And um, Joy and Fia here with me again and... Uh, Guys, we were talking about um, how we can be loving others. That was one of your points of your sermon, Joy. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just wondering if you give us some couple examples, you guys, of what you've seen other people during our current situation, which is a bit different to our usual situation, about how we've been, um, stories that you've heard about people loving one another. Any examples you'd like to share? He's going first here. Oh, no, no, no. Stop getting, making it. me go first tonight, guys. Oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> tonight, today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I've really noticed um, that over emails, now that we're not 
or in my work situation, now that there's not so much face-to-face and lots of stuff, like more stuff is over email, mm. like I'm someone who appreciates the little thanks or the smiley face or the things like that. I know smiley faces, you know, in a work context. I, I do them in a work context. I do too. Anyway. Um, but I notice other people doing that a lot more mm. and I think that's something really lovely. And one little small story which really encouraged me um, recently was I had started when I was just you know, sending emails randomly to clients, people that I've never met before, just saying, you know, something like, hope you're going okay in lockdown or somebody I've communicated with a bit, you know, hope, hope your family's going well. You know, just it's like something little nice and it's a generic email that I'm sending out mm. but just popping a little line in there. And one, um, one of our clients at work that I have never met um, came back and said, you know, oh, it's, it's going okay. And, and what about you? I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I just mm. said something like, oh, you know, I don't really like working from home, the isolation thing. And I didn't give that any context. And I realised like, so then I got a response from this person saying, hey, you know, if, if you're finding it tough um, and like, you know, we've got your signature line that, you know, feel free to give me a call. I'm happy to have a chat. I'm like, that is so lovely. Mm. Um, and I ended up responding saying, you know, I've got a great church family and I've got, it was a lovely little opportunity to throw yeah. that one in and I've got my own family and I'm feeling looked after, but that's really lovely. And it's these little small kindnesses mm. that are making a difference at the moment. So that was just a beautiful thing. And I, I must admit, I, I'm not 100% sure. I think that person's actually a Christian because <laughs> I did a little bit of digging as to what they're involved in. They're involved in, in a um, one of their roles is something that I think probably would be something a Christian did. So that made me super encouraged that it was a Christian person who actually did that. Not that mm. a non-Christian wouldn't, mm. but, you know, it's nice when, when you discover that somebody's possibly a Christian and they've done something lovely and you're like, oh, you don't, you don't know whether I'm a Christian or not, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yep. So, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, that's really cool. You got an example? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mentioned early on in our series, I think, about uh, just how cool it is to receive a letter that's not, uh, a bill yes. or something yeah. uh, and someone actually wrote us a letter from church no, and I'm not going right. to say who they are because I know it's still their uh, treasure in heaven but they know who they are um, and it was just really lovely like it was just to see that they taken time to actually write something down uh, that was just really encouraging they wrote one for Christine as well so that was so we got one each uh, so that was really fantastic that was really yeah, I felt really encouraged um, and also our next door neighbours we share a driveway with our, our neighbours and we've uh, we're doing like almost like a a swap of like we send them cakes and then um, our next door neighbours make these amazing spring rolls mm. and so there'll be spring rolls coming back so there's just this kind of like food exchange just kind of you know loving each other in that way um, that's, that's been really really cool and also just people just calling up and just saying look there's actually no reason I'm just calling to say hi and mm. have a chat and that, that's kind of lovely too yeah and I mean that's cool um, the one that I was reminded of was uh, when they did a whole lot of packs for the youth Mm. Um, and every, and thanks to Braden and Eason and all the, the whole youth team who decided chose to do that for the, the youth career. It reminded me of a time when I was doing my HSC and I just opened the oh, door one day and there pack. was like a, yeah. this little pack to say, like, I hope you're going okay, some food and some, like, um, I think some stationery in there and mm. stuff. So, like, it was just like... We know you well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like stationery, yeah, actually. Yeah. I love going office works. Yeah. Um, that and Bunnings. Too. Yeah. I reckon that's a secret love of lots of people. Oh, the it's whole great. stationery oh. office works. It's thing. changed yeah. a bit now, like, because we're a lot more on our computers and we do things differently. Yeah. But, like, when you were getting ready for school, like, it was one of my favorite things to do, like, going get all the new stationery for your school year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was, but it was more like, even if I didn't use any of that or I didn't eat any of the snacks, it was like, hey, we, we care about you and we're thinking of you. And that's, I think, what you're talking about, mm. Joy, and especially mm. what you were talking about in the sermon was, you know, we're thinking about you. So yeah. 
Everyone at home, let that be an encouragement to you, whether it's uh, Sunday morning or Sunday night for you, maybe just um, maybe think of a way you can love someone that's really close to you or someone that's not that close to you as well. But I think that might be a great encouragement. Um, do you want to say something, Fee? Do you want to finish with something? Oh. I thought you had something you wanted to share then. <laughs> no, I was just engaging with what you were saying. Oh, I thought cool. it was <laughs> really cool. I, uh, when you said about the packs, that reminded me when, um, yeah, something that's been done for the Year 12s by the the leaders that were looking after our year 12s for many years and I just think it's a lovely, yeah. lovely little thing. Absolutely. Especially yeah. in a stressful time. It's a stressful time right now. Yep. So, um, yeah, if you feel like loving someone, let, let's 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 do it. So, um, guys, uh, sorry, I'll say everyone. Everyone, uh, we're going to wrap it up now. But, uh, yeah, see if you can think of – see if this week you can think of one way to love someone else that's um, outside your home. I think that would be really cool. Uh let me encourage you to check out all the other things that are going on on YouTube that we're putting out there. Um, hope you enjoy them or get involved with them or excited about them. And uh, we'll finish up with a one way, I think. Yeah. One way. Thanks, guys. <laughs>